0: One verse from the book of Psalms while you're standing, Psalm 118, verse 8. Would you read it out loud with me this morning? It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. He does not say never put confidence in man. He just said it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man preaching today from this thought or teaching, trusting Jesus. Bless your holy name, Lord God, today for every soul in the house, every young person, every adult, every elder, every child. Strengthen our hands in service to you today, Lord. With the word of God, encourage us by your presence. Let your spirit move in this house and supply every need according to your riches and glory. Would you look at somebody and say, I'm trusting Jesus? God bless you. You may be seated. You don't have to acknowledge going hand, Maybe just in your mind, apply, acknowledge. But was here raised in a family to adults? Obviously, I'm referring or asking. Raised in a family that had serious trust issues. Serious trust. If you, ex- if you say yes, I-, I want you to know I get it. I get you. I understand the roadblocks that have been laid before you as your own man or woman when you were raised in an environment of serious trust issues with our family and you can be generic, it, it's every one of them. If somebody's trust was broken, if lies were told, my dad told us many times. There I go against. But my dad used to tell us if you do something silly, just tell. He said, I won't spank you for doing it. But he said, if you lie to me, now I know I can't trust you and you're gonna get a spanking. And coming from the family background that I was raised in serious trust issues is an understatement if someone crossed you ripped you off they were on the list and it was a lifelong distrust that followed that can hinder a man do you know that that can really distemper it can it can hinder us and get us thinking into when we're raised in an environment where very few people make it on our trust list. A lot of heads getting nodded here, but see, I know what I'm talking about. Many of you were raised in that type of environment where if someone crossed your parents' guidelines, they were on the list and forever, forever distrusted. Well, a little sigh of, of lightness. The word psalm, P-S-A-L-M, in webster means a song or a poem used in worship. A song or a poem used in worship. Synonyms for psalm are anthems, hymns, spirituals. Not to be spiritual, spirituals. That's what they used to call in the old southern days when they'd sing gospel song to the Lord. They'd sing spirituals, things that tried to get them out of this dimension and into that dimension. It's good to attempt to be spiritual when you're worshiping the Lord in song. One survey said that the book of Psalms is the most read book in the Bible. How many of you show me your hand? You really love reading from the book of Psalms. There are over 2,400 verses in the book of Psalms, and David wrote nearly 90 of the chapters there. Other than that, men like Moses yep, Moses wrote some of the Psalms, Jeremiah wrote some of the Psalms, Zechariah wrote a a little bit, and two other anonymous authors. But almost 90 chapters were penned by a man who spent most of his young adult years running for his life. The key word in the book of Psalms, if you didn't know it, is praise. That is the central theme throughout David's writings, praise. When I'm in trouble, going to praise him. When I'm afraid, I'm going to praise him. When my back's against the wall, I'm going to praise Him. When everybody hates me, I'm going to praise Him. When my life is endangered, I'm going to praise Him. Now the world laughs at the simplicity of praising the Lord. That's because they haven't been where you have been. They don't know the story of your life. They don't know the trouble you've been in, the prison cell you've been in. It's worth praising the Lord once you've been on the other side of the line. I'm trying to tell somebody that praise really does work. When you praise the right things, it really, really does work. Hallelujah. Over 200 times the word praise appears in the book of Psalms. And it only appears 80 times, 86 to be exact, in the entire of the rest of the Bible. The entirety of the rest of the Bible. So I I can get that. I can catch on. Writers are trying to tell me something. But one of my favorite tidbits from the book of Psalms is those 71 times the word Selah just plants itself right in the middle of my thoughts. Some profound remark is made, some gut wrench. Remark is left, and then he says, pause and ponder that a moment. You know why sometimes we make decisions? I make decisions that others consider irrational or not very well thought out. I know you don't do that, but I've I've got a book I can write about decisions that I made without thinking them out. It's because too often I don't take time to ponder I don't pause in my life long enough to ponder, to muse over, to meditate upon what I just went through before I want to react. It would do us all well, it would do us all well if we'd learn to just take a moment in life. When I want to lash out, oh, I'm preaching to myself today. I'm preaching to myself, Brother Nathaniel, right now. When I want to respond, just bam. It's good if I could learn to pause and ponder. Of the 75 times that that word selah appears in the Bible, all but four are in the book of Psalms. So he's telling me to praise, and he's telling me to slow down. He's telling me to worship God, and he's telling me to think about what I'm worshiping God for. He's telling me to go ahead and give all your glory to God, but slow down before you respond to something in the flesh. That's a Bible study. We, I could teach on that for an hour. Just slow down in life. Oh, that's hard. Some of us come out of the blocks in high gear. Now you put all of those combination that combination of things into what I bring to the table, a history of distrust. You bring all of that to Ron's emotional table mixed with a life of distrust. What a combination you start to stir. Of praise and pondering, and my efforts to overcome a lack of trust. Now, 15 chapters in the book of Psalms from 120 to 134 are called Songs of and A-S-C-E-N-T. I told you this part before. They were sung by the Jews as they made their way up the mountain into Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. They sung those psalms. 20, 21, all the way through 34, as they were going to worship God. There's nothing like worship that will prepare you to be in the presence of God. Nothing like raising your hands and lifting your voice that will prepare you for what God wants to say to you. Like Psalm 122, verse 1, I was glad when they said unto me, they sang that verse on their way. Church, they sang this, Sister Carlisle, just peruse faces right now. I wonder what kind of conversations were in the cars in the parking lot today on their way to the house of God. I wonder if anybody in the, in the, in the car said, hey, hey, sis, hey, mom, hey, dad, let's go to church and let's worship God today. Let's leave our distrust Let's leave our, I was raised that way anyway. You cross me, I'll never trust you again. Let's do better than that. Let's be bigger than that. We're going to the house of God. If there's anything that should renew our strength, it's praising the Lord in the house of God. But too often the case is people come here expecting me. To get them out of the mully grubs of life, get the music on the right tone so that can kind of lift their spirit or elevate their mood. When in fact, I offer you this, this knowledge. If you'd start singing some of these psalms on your way to church, yeah. I dare you, brother. I dare you. Wednesday night, when you get in the car, I dare you, sister start singing i was glad when they said unto me i was glad when they said unto me oh when they said unto me come let us go to the house of the Lord. no wonder the bible said we should enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now, just a nugget for those that might be interested. The, the courts and the gates are different places in the temple. And to get in the gates or the door, you had to come with thanksgiving. And the court is where the, the presence of God lived. So you couldn't get into the presence of God unless you came in the gates with thanksgiving and praise. Don't try to tell me, Pastor, I'm in a bad mood. I had a bad week. Well, you're behind me, all right? The Bible still says if you want to get into the courts, you better come in the gates with praise. I say this respectfully because some folks are going through enough hell in their life that there are words to explain. But I say this respectfully, but I'm still going to say it. You come to church, our mood should be different here. Our frame of mind should be different here. The way we see things should be different here. There's a breath of fresh air from the Holy Ghost blowing the house of God. We should leave renewed and strengthened and encouraged and revived and revved up. Got your big boy mind on right now? Someone said to me recently, too many depressed people in church, pastor. You're saying that to the wrong person. Cuz here's how I translate that, sister. You're depressed and you're trying to bleed off onto everybody else. I guess that's too straight for Sunday morning, all right? Because in my exact words were, I don't think sister Car- Kristen Carlson's depressed. My exact words. I don't think Sister Melissa Mal- Mallory's depressed. My exact words. I don't think Brother Carlos Estrada's depressed. You might be depressed, and I'm praying for you. I'm not. I'm not slinging mud. I'm praying for you. It's a real thing. But when you come to church, God has given you every reason to be liberated from depression. Every chance to get away from the depression. I haven't even opened my second tabna- tab- tablet yet. So the, bo- the book of Psalms are designed by God. They were orchestrated by the Holy Ghost to minister to you and I in the middle of our life circumstances. It's not just cute reading. It's just not poetry we should memorize because it's going to have a moment. You need it. It's supposed to minister to us in life's circumstances. The book of Psalms expresses the complete range of human emotion. It goes from the very lows to the great heights. Read it for yourself. You see David on the mountaintop, and you see him in the valley of despair. I love it. I love it. I'd I, I never make a good eternal optimist, all right, because I like low stuff once in a while. I like to get down there in the valley floor and just and wonder, fig, try to figure out what, how do I get here. No, that's how to help people that are there. I don't want to be low. I'm just, I'm just telling you today that the book of Psalms shows us the reality of the human being, David. He said, though I walk through the valley. He didn't say, I'm building a house there. He said, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He didn't say, put your eyes on me because I'm going to show you how to be strong in the valley. He said, I'm in the valley, but I'm walking through it. We see David running away from God, running to God. How can you not be touched when you see things in the book of Psalm, like Psalm 28, 7, that the Lord is your strength? You ever stop and see all that? Ponder that? Some of you don't even know how you've made it this far living for God. I know how. Some of you have been through enough trouble in your home and family and marriage and ministry and giftings and jobs and finances and health. You wonder, I don't even know why I'm in church anymore. I do. Because the Lord is your strength. The Lord is your strength. And He gives you strength to rise like on the wings of an eagle. Or Psalm 27.1, which said, He's my light and my salvation. Sometimes I just feel, my whole world feels dark sometimes. But He's my light. Check this out talking about the importance of the book of Psalms for those that are interested today. In Romans 11, verse 9, split screen, the Apostle Paul quotes Psalm 69, 22. Now, in Mark 12, 36, Jesus quotes the book of Psalm 110, verse 1. It is the most quoted Bible or book in the Bible in the New Testament. I mean, it's so frequently visited by New Testament writers. It's quoted more than any other book. Eleven times himself Jesus quoted from the book of Psalms. In fact, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he quoted Psalm 22, one. My God! My God! He's quoting the book while he's giving his life. Pretty important book, right there, I'd say. Our text said, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Now, this is just a This is not a play on words. And you readers among us have heard this since you were a child in Sunday school class. So I'm not trying to tell you I've reinvented the wheel. I'm just going to give you a couple of facts and figures that are absolutely true. The chapter before Psalm 118 is 117. The shortest chapter in the Bible. The chapter after Psalm 118 is 119. Longest chapter in the Bible. Right? Longest chapter in the Bible. I remember. A revival in Oregon. I forget the little little town. Lyle pastored this assembly in the early or late '80s and early '90s. That's uh, Sister Playo's brother-in-law. Sister Playo's sister married Lyle. Well, Lyle left Palmer. Took a vote in this assembly. We were voted pastors. He moved to Oregon and pastored, started a little or a church there. And I was in his office a year or two after he took that church. And I was trying my best to memorize, finish memorizing the 119th chapter of Psalm. I can see that that piece of paper I tore off of his tablet over 30 years ago, and trying to get a couple of nuggets to stick in my mind before I got out there to preach and minister to his people. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119 is. Now, get this. Psalm 118, verse 8, which is our text today, is the exact center numerically of your Bible. It's the exact center numerically of the Bible. There are 594 chapters. Before Psalm one eighteen, five hundred and ninety-four chapters after Psalm one eighteen. Add five hundred and ninety-four to five hundred and ninety four, you have eleven eighty-eight. You have a hundred and eight you got eleven eighty eight. I could teach this upstairs and the kids would get more out of it today. <laughs> My this The message at the very center of your Bible, the hub that the wheel spins around, center, the axis that everything rotates around, is this verse, it's better to trust in the Lord. I don't need to tell you how many times men let me down. For I guarantee you for every time I could tell you about a man let me down, you could probably tell me two stories in your life. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. In anybody have trust issues today? So from everything you're going through, sister. Brother, if you can just focus on what makes this thing strong, the center of it all, if you could just get your off of your struggles for a moment, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor, that's so true, I know, I know, I don't, but such as is common to man, the Bible said. But Colin hasn't said this, but just because I can use him, he allows me to might say, you don't know what I'm going through, Pastor Herring. And in my mind, I'm thinking, but you don't know what Brother Larry's going through. And if Brother Larry says, I've never been through anything like this before, I, I could say, you don't know what Brother Anthony's going through. Such as is common to man. But the core of it all, if we can just learn all that we've been taught, Distrust people. Don't trust anybody. Don't loan anybody your car keys. Don't let anybody in your house. Don't. All of that lives in my mind. All because my dad was done wrong and my mom was done wrong. And I'm not putting any of that, making any of that. But at the very middle is the message, trust the Lord. Against all the history of my upbringing, trusting the Lord will be the answer to my problem. Against all that I fight on a daily basis to trust life. The middle of it all, God is saying, just trust me. Now, that sounds simple, doesn't it? If you've given that advice recently or ever it sounds so simple rolling off the tongue. Just trust the Lord. But sometimes when you tell people whose lives are complicated, they can't see beyond their distrust today. But the theme of the book of Psalms is praise Him. Listen, this is not, this is not trickery. This is not deceivery. This is not hand over hand and, and the, the sleight of hand, none of that. This is actual, biblical, foundational tools that work. If you struggle to trust, look at your life and how much you praise the Lord. I don't mean in church. Some people just observe in church. I'm glad you're here no matter what. Well, unless you're coming to hurt me, I'm not glad you're here. But But if you have strongholds in your life, and to keep you from praising the Lord, then you have to fight fire with fire. You have to trust in the Lord, Proverbs 3, verse 5, with all of your heart. Now, I'm not looking for one thing, so this is not a setup. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to go out of my way to hurt anybody. I wouldn't do that. If someone says to you, trust God through this thing, you tell me what that means to you. Tell me how you walk out of that conversation and put that advice into motion. Someone Just blurt it out. If I say, trust God in your problem, trust God in your finances, trust God in your health, and you walk out of that conversation intending to trust God more, what what are we going to see in your life? Prayer, praise, the word. How are you going to react differently when the one you distrust so much? I'm 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 asking for answers here. Help me out. Yep. Who said that? Yep. It, it's not supposed to be trust in the Lord. Is that made me feel good in the moment, Pastor Herring? Thank you. It's supposed to be in a, a tool that we take. From here to there and put to work in our life. We can trust the Lord. If this entire world goes up in smoke, the one we can trust is the Lord today. He's never told one of my secrets. He's never talked bad about me. He's never spread gossip about you. Imagine that. He's never... Cornered me one day and said, I want to tell you something about Brother Marshall. Brother Larry, what were you going to say? Loud so people in back can hear you, bro. Yep. Yep. In case you didn't hear him in the back, it's so important to praise him vocally. Well, I got to praise on my heart, Pastor Henry. You know where that lives in my. Not that you asked. This is for the Facebook ministry. When people tell me there's a praise in their heart, it, it it goes into the library of my mind right next door to people that miss church all the time and say, "But I'm there in spirit." Don't file right next door to another. I'm not. Oh boy. <laughs> Trust in him at all times. Psalm 62, verse eight said, "At all times." So in the middle of a Valley of discouragement, trust the Lord. When you're exhausted emotionally, trust the Lord. When you're at the bottom of the barrel financially, trust the Lord. I mean, how many times has God come through for you financially in life? He just knows exactly what to do. And it's so easy for us to trust God in issues like that, but things where He just doesn't give me an open response God, are you listening to me? Will you talk to me? Silence. You gotta trust Him. Trust Him to me means this. You could explain it better, but to me it means this. Don't allow yourself to go back into the molly grubs of explaining why you distrust, why you're disloyal, why you have no love, why you have no forgiveness, why you have no mercy. But when I feel all of that rushing my mind, I gotta say, nope, vocally. You've been good to me, Lord. You've been good to me, Lord. I'm going to trust you to help me. I'm going to trust you to help me. 44 times in the book of Psalms, the word trust also appears. Praise, trust, pause and ponder. David said in Psalm 56, 3, even when I'm afraid, Preached this one time, preached it many times, but in one particular time in the old sanctuary, had a, person, a brother come up to me after church and said, I have no fear in my life. And he said, if you admit to fear, Pastor Herring, you're admitting or you're showing a weakness. I said, uh, you got that out of Psalm 56.3? Maybe, maybe you are all you say you are, but I highly respect a man after God's own heart. And when David tells me, there were times he was afraid. You're talking about a boy here that went out against a giant in the field. He said, but when I'm afraid, I'm just going to trust you. I am going to corral my will to the point that I trust you. I'm not going to allow my mind to go into fear and what ifs. I'm going to trust the Lord. God didn't bring you this far. I'm just telling you things you ought to to coach yourself with. God didn't bring me this far just to leave me here. He didn't get me to this point in my life to vacate me now. When I'm afraid, I'm going to trust God. And Isaiah 12, 2 said, I will trust and not be afraid. Hey, saints of God today. He's trustworthy. He doesn't have to prove anything to me. He's trustworthy. All hell could be breaking out in your home. He's still trustworthy. How good of a God He is. He's trustworthy. They teach you in ministry, not that I um, should go too too deeply into this, but they teach you, if you have a caring pastor in the beginning, those men that are seasoned teach their young, uh, young followers. They teach them about things like trust and, and not vocalizing things you are afraid of or distrust. And it's really good advice. It's really good advice. Because he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's trustworthy. But I want to, I'm stopping now, but I want to say this. That doesn't mean there aren't people we can't trust. Now, there are more that we can't trust than there are that we can trust. You don't live long, you don't live very long in life, and you start to figure out people that are sincere. And they respect your privacy, or they respect your profession or they respect your ministry. And those people stand out. They're they're trustworthy. They're people you you can believe in. My text one more time and I will be done. It's better to trust in the Lord. Does anybody believe that? So much better. When you want to cry... Trust the Lord. When You want to throw your hands up and say, I just don't get it. Why isn't life working? Trust the Lord. I mean, they had their backs against the Red Sea. Hills and mountains and the only open area to go. you, You can come on, sis. Is the direction that Pharaoh's armies were coming. I like what the leader of the, of the troops said that day. Dear God, what are we going to do? Everybody run. That's what some people do. When you have a bad day, they run. When things don't go perfect, they run. When things don't have an answer, they run. Don't take long to figure out who you can trust when they start running. All right. Here's what Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Can you imagine being what I I don't know how he did it. There's 2 million people out there in that crowd. He might have said, start spreading this word. Maybe he got on the highest rock and yelled it. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. What was Moses saying? Just trust God. Never fail you. Thank you, Lord, today. What you're doing, what you've done, what you've led us through and out of, how you've ministered to us, God, in the middle of our despair, how you've loaned to us, God, the comfort of the Holy Ghost, how you put in our lap, God, today, the strength of the Word of God. We can trust you. We can trust you, Lord, We can trust you, Lord. Oh, God, I praise your good name.